Welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. Welcome back. Today, I want to talk about psychic ability. Do you have psychic ability? How to tell if it's getting stronger and what you can do to make it stronger if you're interested. So I believe everyone has psychic ability. There's layers and levels of it. And I explain this often to students saying everyone has an ability to play sports, for example. But some people will step up to bat at a baseball game and strike out. They're still playing the game. They just happen to strike out. Other people will get a hit from time to time and make it to a base or two. And some people are just natural and hit it out of the park easy. While others learn to do just as well, hitting a lot of home runs, but they have to practice a lot at first. So it's the same with sports. It's the same with being an artist. It's the same with anything. Some people, it happens naturally. Some people takes a lot of work and they get there. And some people just never really quite are able to connect with it. Intuition is the same way. And intuition is something that's given to all of us. And I explain this to a lot of men that I teach that are in fields where uh, they have to rely on their intuition, even though they don't really know that's what it is. They call it a hunch or a gut feeling, like police officers, uh, military, emergency rescue, firefighters. They thrive more on their gut hunches than they may admit. And really what that is is their intuition telling them, go here, go there, don't do this. I think what you're seeking is over here. And so I've shown some of these people how to trust those feelings and even some of them to even learn how to sense the aura, the energy field, to see what's going on with people and to be able to read them better, to question them or solve a problem and other things like this. And so they've realized that intuition is just another part of who we are. And when we learn to work with it, it can help us very much. Now, intuition versus psychic ability is a little different. I describe intuition as having a, a feeling. You're talking to a person and you know something's not quite right. You don't know what it is, but your intuitive senses are going off saying, that person's not being quite honest with me. This person's hiding something. This person's upset and I don't know why. So your intuition is telling you a little bit stronger than just your emotions that something is going on with the person and you're able to read that. The difference between intuition and psychic ability is with psychic ability, you can read what's going on. You sense that this person's lying and then you can read what they're lying about. You sense this person's upset about something and then you can tune in to see what it is that, that's bothering them. So that's uh, intuition is kind of like the base level. And then there's different levels of psychability of how far you can go and where you can delve in. And this goes from I what I call level one psychic, where you can kind of read the surface of what's going on around a person. And some psychics aren't really trained very well. And they 
will call themselves psychics, but they don't really know what they're doing. And they don't know any better to know that they're not doing any better. I call these level one psychics. So when you go to one of those psychics, they may rely on other tools to help them, which is fine, like tarot cards. But when it comes to their ability, they're really able just to read the thoughts the person is having. And that's because people, when they think about things, it doesn't stay inside. It's emanating through their aura and around their energy field. So if a person comes to a level one psychic and they've been worried for weeks that their partner's cheating on them and they're thinking about it all the time. I think my partner's cheating. I think my partner's cheating. So they go to a psychic to see if they can find out their partner's cheating. Well, level one psychic isn't prepared to know the difference. So when they pick up on the thoughts around the person, what they hear is, I think my partner's cheating. I think my partner's cheating. And so the psychic says, oh, uh, your partner may be cheating. And so then the person getting the reading goes, oh my gosh, I knew it. Now, there's no confirmation if that's right or not, because the level one psychic is just picking up on the thoughts and the concerns. Maybe it's right, because maybe the person who came to the psychic is intuitive themselves and have been picking up on that intuitively, like a lot of people do. We kind of know when our partner's not being completely open and honest with us and when they're being sketchy. So maybe it's right, and the person thinks, well, that was a great psychic. They picked up on that when really they were just reading your thoughts. As psychics get trained in advance to grow their skills, they learn to do a lot of other things. And I talk about those more advanced levels with things that I do, like when I visit the Akashic Records. I learn to see the chords connecting each person, their higher self. When it comes down into the body and you're born, you have cords that you bring with you that connect between your body and your higher self on the other side. And so I learned how to follow those cords up into the other side, into the spiritual planes, and communicate with that person's higher self. And then to follow those cords into their Akashic Records and to read what's going on with them, what they came back to experience and learn and do in this lifetime, and what other lifetimes have been building up to, to put them in these predicaments they're in now, and what's coming for them in the future based on what they've been doing with this information, just being funneled back into the Akashic Records. That's a higher level psychic. In between the two, from the level one I described to you in kind of a mid-level psychic, they learn to read the aura and they can see things that are happening in the aura, which are the levels before it goes all the way into the physical body. And so they can sense things that you are creating with your thoughts and your energy and where you're going. And so when you're creating that, you are kind of heading in that direction. Your free will is taking you even further in that direction. And so a mid-level psychic can see that as well. So to get the fullest reading you can possibly get, you want to try to find a psychic who can connect with the Akashic Records and see your past, present, and future in that way. Many times when doing readings for people, I answer their questions before they ever ask me a question. And I usually prefer it that way. So when someone new comes to me, I say, I just want to tell you what I'm seeing or feeling. 
And then from, from that, uh, you can then answer questions. I also prefer not to see them, meaning that I give the readings over the phone, not Zoom or in person. And this is because I don't want any distractions. There are people who accuse psychics of not being really psychic. They say they're doing what's called a cold reading. And a cold reading is you look at a person when they come in, you look to see what they look like. Do they look wealthy or not? Do they have a wedding ring on? So do they are they married or not? How do, are they tired? Do they seem stressed? All kinds of clues that you can kind of read about a person to see what their emotional and mental state might be, their financial state, their relationship, sometimes even clues about their career. And so there are people that accuse psychics of faking it by doing a cold reading. Also, if the psychic mentions something and says you're not very happy right now, and they're looking at the person and the person begins to tear up, or uh, they say, you know, your relationship isn't working out, and they start twisting their wedding ring around and mumbling something, right? And it's called a cold reading where you're picking up on clues when you throw things out to see what they respond. And this is why I prefer not to see the person. So for one, you can tell I'm just getting what I'm getting from the other side. I'm not able to look at you in any way and know what you're, what you're doing. And second, I ask the person not to speak at first so that they don't give me any clues to yes or no. I don't start with questions. I say what I want to say, what I see going around. And then after that, I'll let the person ask questions once they understand that I've gotten what I needed to get clearly from the other side. There have been times when Spirit has led me saying that they knew someone was coming for a reading that was very let's say, doubtful of psychic readings. So not too long ago, they told me that someone was being referred to me that that didn't really believe in this. And they said, here's what we'd like you to do. And so they had me tune into the person and what they were coming to get a reading for. And then they had me write down the answers to all the questions that they were going to come with and to write these answers down on a notebook. So when I, I sat down to have the reading with them, they were one of the few people I've had in the past couple of years who actually I was going to see in person. Um, they were happened to be in town where I was and had asked specifically for this. And I agreed to because Spirit said this is for their benefit as well, for them to see that there is such thing as psychic ability. So I hadn't spoken to them. They came in and... I said, I'm going to give you the answers to your questions before you ask. And I said, but before I even give you the answers, like explaining them out loud, I'm going to hand you this piece of paper where I've already written down the answers to the questions that I believe you have, and we'll talk from there. So I wrote the page out of my notebook, gave them the answers, and then explained the answers one by one, what those questions would be. And it shocked them to say the least, because it was every question they had intended to ask me um, specific questions like they had a, a city that they were considering moving to that they had not mentioned to anyone, especially me, and I'd written that exact city down of where they would be moving to. Um, there were specific questions about 
career and things and what was going on and what was holding them back. And I had written down the exact incident that happened and what was holding them back. So it, it was the type of information they couldn't dispute. And it really changed their thoughts about, is this type of stuff really true? I don't like to do that too often. It takes more energy. And as a psychic, and any type of thing you do, there is there is a payment for what you do. There is no such thing as a free lunch. Whatever you do in life, there is, there is a price you pay. And even as being a psychic, there's a price you pay. You give a lot of what's called your vital energy to go on to the other side at that deep of a level and to get that information and bring it back to a client. And even when I teach, I go into what's called channel where I'm working on the other side with guides and they're giving me information on what to teach. And that takes part of my vital energy as well as it's called. So if you give too much of this up too often, it can really deplete you to the point of having illnesses or even um, dying younger than you might. There's a lot of talk about Edgar Casey and how many readings he gave to the point of depleting himself, of giving away so much of his vital energy, doing so many readings back to back to back. And there are some theories about that, that he died younger than he would have because he did so many without giving himself a break in between. And it's very hard because as a psychic, you have a lot of empathy and compassion for people and you want to help them. But there is a price you pay and it takes a part of you. When I do a reading for someone, it's like a part of me reaches out on the other side and goes into their world. And I'm there with them and their higher self. And I'm asking for entrance into the Akashic Records. And part of my energy is expended in that way uh, to get that information and to be able to ferry it back across the plains and back through into the earth plane and to share it with that person. And it takes several days for me to recover from this, to be back to feeling where it's just me again. You cannot get that immersed in someone else's energy, doing the reading and going over to the other side without paying the price for it. So I give up a little bit of my energy that takes me a while to gain back. So if I were to do too many, it would have an even a greater effect on me. So you learn to find that balance and it's different for each person of what you can do because you you know as a psychic you're here to be of service and to help people and you and you want to find your way to do that but if you're doing it right it is going to take energy from you and it's going to tire you out and you will feel like a part of yourself is um has been given away it's like tiny little pieces that are dropping off so it's part of the price. It's like that with a lot of things that we call magic, where there is there is a price to pay. For people that are, aren't psychic professionally, but are building their psychic ability, many people are seeing now that as the veils have gotten thinner and we're in this very chaotic time, that their psychic ability is growing and getting stronger. I talk about this in my Awakened Aura book, that I begin to see this crystalline structure building around the auric body of each person 
there was going to be like a ship to help us move through these dimensions as we're moving third, fourth, fifth dimension into this new way of being. And the ship was going to help cradle our physical body as best as it could through a very, very tumultuous time. And it's been doing the best that it can through this. As we're still moving through this, and I talk about these timelines in a recent podcast I did on the Akashic Records, how these um, decades we've been moving through and where we're at right now. And as we're going through all these changes, our telepathic abilities are getting stronger as are our psychic abilities. There are two reasons for that, I believe. The first is epigenetics. And if you've studied the science of epigenetics, there are genes within your body and some of them are dormant and it takes a certain something to happen to awaken those genes. And they're dormant because they have a purpose and a reason for being in your body. But until that reason is needed or called into play, uh, they just kind of hang out. And what some scientists have found in epigenetics is there are some genes that make us more psychic, more intuitive. And they used to be open very early in life because we lived out in nature more. We lived maybe uh, with a group of people, a tribe that, that roamed, that didn't live um, in one area, that was out in the, in the woods a lot, had to be watchful of predators, whether it was other people or animals or just the environment and so our intuition needed to be more aware to scan what was hiding in the trees over there was there a mountain lion or a bear or any kind of predator that might be watching somewhere that we weren't quite sure that we couldn't see with our eyes so we needed that third eye to sense that something was nearby and to be aware now as we live in more civilized areas and we don't roam as much that over many many years became dormant one of the dormant genes within us but people who go through trauma sometimes even in childhood go through trauma where they're scared a lot their life is uncertain there's a lot of upheaval in the family that trauma awakens those cells and put them into overdrive to help the child become more watchful and protective. And so the side effect is that is that the children will be more psychic as well. So if you came back more psychic as a child, it could have been of some trauma, early trauma in your life that awakened that. If you came back very psychic, even in your childhood, it could be because you're a very old soul and you've had multiple, multiple, multiple lifetimes of being very psychic and using those abilities. And so you came back again uh, to put them into play. If you're becoming psychic later in life, you may have experienced a great trauma that awakened it. Some people it's a near-death experience, other type things like that. And for a lot of people right now, it is, the veils are lifting. We're moving into this age of Aquarius. Everything is shifting, including the communication 
between this side and the other side. And there's been a lot of upheaval and chaos and trauma in the world globally. So all of this has contributed to making people more intuitive and those that have psychic ability opening that as well. So these are some of the reasons why it's happening. It doesn't matter so much which way. It's just to acknowledge it and understand what brought it out into being at this time. So if you're wondering, you know, am I psychic? Am I intuitive? What are some ways I could tell? Here's some signs that you might be psychic. Uh, one of them is synchronicity. If you're finding that more synchronicity is happening in your life, that you think about, if I do A, I would like B and C to happen. And maybe what would really be great is if this worked out too. And then all of a sudden, it's like that. It's synchronicity. It's in the flow. And it all comes together. You may be seeing what was going to happen. And it wasn't just you wishing for it. It was that you were already seeing a little bit of the way it was going to go. Another way is you may begin to have dreams that are foretelling, that are prophetic, dreams of the future, dreams that are things that are happening in the present that give you more information about the person or a conversation or what people are doing around you or at work. Your dreams may begin to tell you uh, the deeper truths and stories. You might have a knowing telepathically. On most people's phones now, we see the name as soon as they call. Before that, we used to be able to tell telepathy when the phone rang, when it was an old landline, and you didn't know who was calling, but you would know. You'd know, oh, I know who this is calling right now. And now this happens in a little bit of an earlier way. So this time it happens before the phone even rings. So uh, it could be, you know, from anything from 10 seconds to 10 minutes before the phone call that you know that someone is about to call you and you know who that person is and you know that you're going to hear from them very soon. Or you may even be thinking about them so much that they called you out of the blue when you weren't expecting a call. That's telepathy increasing. You may walk into a room and feel people's energy and their emotions. You don't know what was being said in the room or what was happening, but you can feel if the air is thick and uncomfortable or if people are excited about something or if people are attracted to each other. All of those things, you feel it very thick in the air and you can read the room really easily knowing what's going on. You might also have psychometry, which is when you pick up an item that belongs to someone else and when you hold it, you can see or feel something that happened when that object was around. It could be something emotional between that person and another. It could be something that happened to them. Psychometry is getting stronger than ever with people being able to pick up items and to see what's uh, going on in, with the person that last owned that item. It's why I've always been very careful about ever having any used items in my home or antiques because if those antiques weren't in a happy home, they're going to exude that energy and I don't want that in my home. Same with a used item. If it wasn't in a loving, happy place, it's carrying all that 
kinetic energy that was directed in the home, the anger, the fighting, the troubles, the worries. And I don't want to bring all those doubts and worries and anger into my home either. So it's very helpful if you have psychometry that you can pick up on those items before you decide to bring that used item home. And you may also have spirit guides that begin to talk to you and connect with you. Or maybe you've seen a ghost. They're very different, a ghost versus a spirit. Ghosts are stuck on the earth plane where spirits move back and forth. And spirit guides have permission to come through to help you and to engage with you on an even bigger level. So you may be seeing or sensing someone like that in spirit who's trying to come through and connect with you. So I mentioned tarot cards that I think they're really great to use when tapping into your psychic ability as well. The symbols in the cards really help you connect on a subconscious and higher consciousness level about what's going on with the situation. Many times when you get information psychically, it's not perfect. It's not perfectly clear. You're learning how to be a better interpreter uh, and how to bring that information in and how to make sense of it and how it's being communicated to you by the other side, which can be in different forms, can be clearer sometimes more than others. So the cards sometimes can really help you hone in and get some more information as to exactly what's going on. Another thing that a lot of people like to use are crystal balls. Now, we've all seen the Hollywood interpretation of the madam with her crystal ball or hands swirling around it saying, let's see what the ball has to tell you. That's not exactly how it works. The crystal ball itself is not magic. You actually are the energy. You're the receiver. But a quartz crystal ball just like quartz crystal, if, you, if you're into crystals, you know that quartz amplifies whatever energy is put into it. So if you put the energy into the crystal ball to amplify your psychic ability so that you're able to see things more clearly and you're gazing into that ball with that amplified thought and direction, then the chances are it's going to reflect that back and help you see more clearly what's going on in the situation that you're trying to read. It doesn't have to be a crystal ball. This has been done for thousands of years. A lot of people would gaze into water, like a still water, um, and use that as a reflection to do that. There were many people who would use a bowl of water or a bowl of ink, dark ink. Uh, Nostradamus was known to gaze into a bowl of water and to use it as a reflecting surface to get more information. There are psychomantiums, if you've heard about them, that are built. They're dark rooms that you go into, and there's a mirror where you can gaze into the mirror and the reflection and ask questions and see what comes through as well. So quartz balls are one of the ways, um, but any kind of reflective surface, surface can work as well. But the crystal ball does have the extra advantage of magnifying that energy and intensifying it, which can be a lot of help. In my book, The Awakened Psychic, which is the second book in that series, the first is The Awakened Aura to help you become aware of your aura and the energy cords that connect to it and how they go up into the Akashic Records. In the second book, The Awakened Psychic, I talk about all the types of psychic ability, including all the clairs, as they're called, clairvoyant, clairaudient, all of those types. 
And then I give a lot of exercises and information how to develop and go deeper into your psychic ability. So if this interests you, you might want to check it out, The Awakened Psychic. And if you want to go further, I have online courses. I have six weeks of Aura School that you can study online with me. And then six weeks of Psychic School that go deeper into all the topics that I taught about in each of those books. The second book being The Awakened Psychic. Here we are once again, another podcast coming on. That's as much as I can share today. But as always, go check out my website, exploreyourspirit.com, where you'll find out more about those books I mentioned and my courses on there. And sign up for my free newsletter to get information about other courses coming up, including Akashic Record School. So sign up there so you'll get all that information. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. Thank you for taking this journey with me as we explore your spirit. I'm so happy to be your travel guide to the other side. This is Kayla Ambrose signing off.